Good morning and welcome to Rural Queensland today on this Monday morning, the 11th of September. A very good morning to everybody listening to us through 4SB in Kingaroy, 4ZR in Roma, 4VL in Charleville, 4HI in Emerald, 4LM Mount Isa, 4LG Longridge, 4GC Charters Towers and the Hot Country Network. A very good morning to you. So much to get through this morning. Robbie Catter will join us very shortly. We're going to catch up with Wayne York as well. He'll join us um, He from Karagara uh, Simmentales. Obviously, their sale is on very shortly and looking forward to having a chat to him. We'll give you some updates on other bull sales that have taken place over the last few days. And also, how about those Brisbane Broncos and the Brisbane Lions, both through to prelims. We'll do a sports wrap and much, much more. A very big show. You can always get in contact with me. Uh, Dobo at ruralqldtoday.com.au I also, if you get a chance, uh, go to Spotify and download Rural Queensland Today with Ben Dobbin. It's there. Let's get into it. Robbie Catter joining us next. This is Rural Queensland Today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. You're with Ben Dobbin on Monday morning, the 11th of September. Welcome back to Rural Queensland today. As I said in the opener, let's start the Monday with Robbie Catter joining us, member for Tragar and leader of the Catter Party in Australia. Robbie, good morning. Thank you so much for being with us. Yeah, good, Dobbo. Good to be speaking to Mate, um, last week I touched on it, and I'm sure that you, you have got some concerns as well. This push for renewables, um, the government, the federal government and the state government have been really clear. Wind farms, solar farms, you name it, they want it because they want to try and get there by 2030. And what mm-hmm. has happened is, and talking to different people throughout Queensland, and, and it really was highlighted to us last week, was that they've got they've got one rule for the renewables sector and one rule for the farming sector. 70 kilometres from the Great Barrier Reef, Greg Bennett is having a solar farm put up right next to his property, running along the banks of the Calliope River. Now, that goes straight out into um, the Great Barrier Reef. Yet, they're happy for that. Clear the land. Do what you want. No regulations. But if you're a farmer in Cloncurry and you think about doing something, you're under reef regulations that are almost barbaric. There is no consistency if you want to put a solar farm or a wind farm up, you get the green light, you, you've got no regulations. But if you want to grow beef, you want to clear some land, you want to dig a dam, mate, the hoops that you've got to jump through now are almost embarrassing. Yeah, mate. Uh, look, I, I don't even know where to start commenting on the renewables. It's pretty much the the lightning rod for all wakey sort of um, – Yep. You know, I don't know, environmental madness. And, I, I mean, mate, and nothing against solar, though, though. Like, um, some of those solar, solar kits on the um, bore pumps and the stock sure. waters and, and some of those remote communities, great idea. But, um, and, and I, I think, you know, to start off with, if the government was serious about reducing the carbon footprint and, and they really wanted to get solar going, they would have been putting it all off the grid. You would have had, all of inland Australia would have loved to have had the same subsidies enjoyed by uh, everyone putting it on the rooftops and inland when you're competing against the coal-fired power stations when you put it on the grid. But if you took them off the grid, it would have made a lot more sense to start with to me. Uh, that's just to start with, mate. But um, I don't know I don't know where you even start. Like they've been um, knocking down or converging on wild, world heritage areas up near Cairns to build wind farms, knocking stuff down. 
Um, WWF said they want to get all farming off the reef and or off the reef catchments. Yeah. And um, and then if you if you think about that, if they want to get this net zero twenty fifty, like they've got to cover a fair portion of Queensland with renewables, and the closest place to put any generation is close to the usage, which is on the coastline, which is all through your reef catchment. So you can see all the environmentalists licking their lips. They can kill two birds with one stone here. They can get their renewables and cut, shut down farming in some of those some of those cane farming areas. I mean, there's a good photo of the burdock and we're a big uh, solar farm right in the middle of the cane paddocks. And, and that's reducing the the critical mass needed to keep the mills viable and the sugar mills viable. And, you know, if you put a big heap in proserpine, so you could knock down that sugar mill and uh, you can see how the, the greenies can shut down farming on the east coast, uh, which is something the KAP is very tuned into about uh, preserving that uh, prime agricultural land. But maybe at the end of the day, like it just, it, I mean, I'm not convinced that any of this stuff is even that uh, sustainable because um, I still don't know the answers on the where they're going to dispose all this stuff in 20 years' time when it becomes obsolete. You know, that seems to be an unanswered question and, and how are we ever going to divorce ourselves from the baseload? What's the replacement critical baseload if we're not talking about nuclear? Um, how the hell do you get rid of these coal-fired power stations? I think that's just posturing. And then also on top of all that, we keep... Well, we plan to continue to keep selling coal to other countries so they can burn it, but in our coal five thousand days, so we lose the benefit of it. So it's just madness on every bloody level, and, and I do really feel sorry for these um, people in rural areas, not even just farmers, even just rural residents that bought to have that um, that sort of lifestyle and it's being encroached on by these wind farms and I don't, the compensation just doesn't cut it in a lot of cases. Oh, mate, it, it is... It is embarrassing, and that's the thing. We saw it with the gas industry where they let it go free reign and then look at the drama that's happened, and now we're starting to get to somewhere where we understand that both both can work in unison. But if it favours one way because they're politicking, that's the concern for me, and that's what I think's happened from the federal perspective and also with the state government. I see the premiers flowing in late last night. Now, I'm not critical of anybody with a holiday, having a holiday. We all deserve holidays. Um, But the unrest and the backbiting that went on shows that there's a lot more to this. I mean, there were members of her parliament and her cabinet that never even knew or were aware she was leaving or going over for two weeks. If you're the CEO and your major employees are not aware of what you're up to, Surely, mate, there's some cracks. There's got to be some cracks there. And now she said she's driven to next year's election. Well, the speculation's going to run rife. Yeah, well, mate, um, it's pretty unfortunate timing. Again, uh, yeah, don't, you don't want to begrudge anyone going on a holiday. Um, <laughs> I guess it's, it's pretty easy for me to be critical because they've just done so many bad things to rural Queensland over the last couple of years that you think, well, you should be trying to fix things up, not just uh, you know. If you you don't go go when thing there's all the stuff to be fixed up at the moment. Probably not, not number one youth crime, but uh, you know I, I don't get too caught up in the leadership stuff. Those everyone said once you get rid of Jackie Trad, like all problems will be solved. But you know that's not the truth. It's it's the it's that cultural divide that grows between the city and the bush, and and um, there's those you know. Yeah, I don't know that inner city wokey sort of attitude that it drives most of the, this stuff, and and she's the person at the helm, so she's a good one to blame. But she's not the only um, player on the field there. And you know, if you 
get it out, you've got Stephen Miles or Shannon Fenton and I don't see how that much that's any better for rural Queensland. Well, this is the thing. I mean, you know, I, I, I'm with you, mate. I, I, I absolutely am just completely blown away by the fact that Stephen Miles, Shannon Fenneman, uh, they're all jostling. Mate, none of them have struck a match when they've had the chance, when they've been. I mean, somebody even top, tossed up Yvette Dath the other day. I mean, I, I just say, does anybody not remember? Like, no, I'm being genuine here. This is the kind of laughable and politic. There is not a leader in that joint. Now, look, to be fair to Cameron Dick, he can be he can rub a lot of people along the wrong way but he does know and he can and he can lead now i don't think that anybody in labor should be leading this state but gee whiz they're in a hell of a mess and they're going to cause bedlam um, no matter what happens and the thing i think about now is that we haven't got an election till next year what carnage is going to happen till then and what is the undoing going to be well, I think most of the carnage is just from inaction, Dobbo. Um, and I, I think, you know, I agree with you, actually. Cameron Dick, despite a vast chasm of political differences and um, ideologies, he's probably the closest to our side of uh, politics. But, um, but mate, I, I don't know what you do, but I, I, I think you'd almost always bet on uh, with the Labor government. You can just always bet on, bet on sitting on their hands and doing not much at all. Yeah. And that, that worked out pretty well for them. So... I think they'll just um, not do anything to assertive or bold, just sit there and try and hope they can, oh, no, they'll do something. They'll spend other people's money. So they'll throw pennies at the masses, build another sports stadium, announce another sports event, or just try and keep people distracted, talk about the voice. Yeah. Do this sort of stuff to keep people distracted from the real issues. And they're very good at that. But other than that, they won't be. Um, oh, that's not true. They'll probably, they've got to keep making sacrifices to the green gods every six months so they you know they've done the tree clearing they've had to go out the reef regs they'll they'll have to they'll find, find something, something else, else. To win the green yeah. Vote. But, yeah, yeah um that, that's a sort of a six or 12 month cycle so yeah no, they probably will do some more damage but uh, most of the time they're not doing much at all mate so and where you need them actually you know like on the youth forum they, they won't be doing too much no i'm going to talk about that let's take a break robbie catter joining us this morning this is monday morning on rural queensland today Welcome back to Rural Queensland today. Um, hope you're enjoying the show. Monday morning, 11th of September. Robbie Catter joining us this morning <clears throat> across the Resonate Broadcast Network. The referendum, Rob, um, it's coming up in October. And, I mean, if there's anybody who knows the Indigenous population and has worked with um, First Nations people, it's you. you. You know it. You've lived with them. You, you, they're part of your community. They're your friends. Um, you you have always had their best interests first. So where does the Catter Party stand? I mean, with the yes no vote and the divide that it's creating. I mean, you guys have been very strong from this at the start. Where are you sitting on this now? Yeah, yeah. Look, um, big fat no um, from KAP Dolo, and we've we tried to make the call as early as possible to hopefully provide some leadership in the political spectrum so that others wouldn't feel so um, timid about saying no. And we feel, you know, we feel very unencumbered to be able to make a call like that. Just um, as you kindly said, then um, I feel like we've had pretty strong connectivity, Aboriginal people um, over the, you know, um, well, six, almost sixty years. My family been in um, politics, both in federal politics. So 
Um, and we've, you know, wouldn't be every couple of days. Um, the other bloke are ringing me from Dumaji Mornington chasing help or just wanted to chat about something. So um, I don't pose to be a black fella, but we, you know, you know, if you're trying to fix things or your your job is to help fix things, and you live in the Gulf like I do, or you you're going to be immersed in those problems. And I'm no expert, mate, but um, I certainly know how much time and effort and um, yeah, emotional effort too you put into trying to help things up there. So when um, Albanese and the government and the state government here in Queensland, when they come out here, say, oh, we want to help, we want to help. Well, I, I call BS on that, yeah. um, Dolo, because that, there's plenty of stuff they can help with now. And, um, you know, I've, I've been fighting for blue cards eight or nine years, title deeds, and you don't get a you don't get a, um, a sniff of any assistance there. Or it's not even they don't give you help. They say, no, we're not going to do that. But let's set up a body to help us ask what the questions are. Well, we just, what the problems are. We just told you what the problems are, but you haven't fixed them. <laughs> so now you're setting up a body to tell you tell you what the problems are. They know what the problems are right now, though. They can fix them all now. So why, what's this them. about then, Rob? Well, what, like, give us some understanding. And I mean, have they? It was was it something that Anthony Albanese a deal that he cut early on? Do you think that 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 this has happened because he's like, right, okay, um, this is the way forward. This is the way it's going to happen. If you give me the votes to get through and, and obviously be in government, we'll get this done for you. Oh, look, my problem. Probably all of above, all of the above. Uh, I think it, it, it acts as a terrific political smokescreen. So you're not worrying about the energy prices or the, you know the fact that we'll have brownouts over Christmas because the um, base lack of base load with all these renewables and and that the economy's in decline and that um, um, you know all those sorts of problems that are sitting out there. Healthcare, health system in crisis, youth crime running rampant. But all that stuff um, is is taking a back seat because they're pumping out what's it three hundred million or something in this yes campaign. Every time you turn the TV now, especially ABC, it's it's telling you all about this yes, and that's supposed to be the biggest issue in Australia. Um, that's you know that's one thing. But mate, look, if you follow the Wakey Brigade, like you know they had gay marriage, then it went into transgender. Now it's all about the ref, this rep voice referendum. It's just that cultural thing where they just got to keep pushing these things every twelve months, two years, and um, I don't know what the next one will be, but um, I suppose treaty. But well, that um, seems to be a huge drama to do with now. That seems it's to got be nothing to do with yeah. problems. the native title claims that are coming okay. up, Rob. To me, yeah. um, and you're right. I mean, I understand, and and I really applaud you for how strong you are on this. But the native title claims now that are happening. It, it, it's almost concerning. Um, they're putting claims like Balmoral Beach in Sydney, for example. Yeah, they're trying to native title claim on that. Like, where does it stop? Well, is this is this what, know, is this what happens? Like, this is if you vote yes, yeah. is this what's going to happen? Like, they can all say, "Oh, well, we're changing the constitution." Well, let's recognise them in the constitution. I get that, but yeah, mate, seriously, well, we're it, opening it, ourselves it, up to this. No, no. Yep. And Dobbo, if you and I were sitting at home on the black and tans and talking about, you know, um, you know, what are we going to do? What what are we going to do moving forward? And, and an opportunity open us for, for our, um, you know, native title group to put a claim in on Balmoral. Of course you're going to do it. Like if, you, yeah. you know, if the opportunity is put there um, and people would say, oh, maybe 
all these Aboriginal groups that, well, of course they're going to do that if you put the opportunity in front of them. But when you know, sure. if you give them handouts, of course they're yeah. going to take it. And but it, it, I mean, these are people in Sydney. It's not the people in Doomadgee calling for all this stuff. It's the people in Sydney and Canberra saying and Melbourne saying this is what you need. And um, you know, most people I talk to in Doomadgee, mate, don't talk about this. They're saying, what can you do about grocery prices? What can you do about you know, um, get us new renal chair? Can what can you do about me buying a house up here or you know what can you do about the blue cards Robbie yeah. none of them are talking about this we talk about real issues up here and um, and this is stuff cooked up by the academics down south and they give them the opportunities to take over these beaches and whatever it, it takes us nowhere no one benefits from that oh, well usually one family does in a traditional owner group but well, yeah. I don't see well most people know there's no there's no real benefit to any of this other than some you know, bleeding hearts get to feel good about themselves and address their guilt. Yeah, um, I agree. In the city, mate. So it's very, very, very frustrating. I, I mean, I, I just haven't followed any of the stuff because it's mostly just yes campaign on the on the media. I just can't bring myself to watch most of it, mate. It's just absolute garbage. I watch that John Farnham video, and I, I actually thought it was laughable half of it. It's um, just putting this this montage of images up there that's just every woke cultural thing that you, you know, oh, that yeah. wins that they've had over the last years and you think, well, what? I, you know, I don't know you're trying to convince that you're preaching and converted and, and um, the rest of us, you're just going to drive drive more of a wedge. And, um, yeah, mate, it's, it's, I mean, it probably overused the word, but it's just so divisive to, to um, you know, try and define it that we're different and, and, celebrate that rather than saying um, you know let's try and move together and uh, despite whatever our differences when bad things happened in the past mate I, I can't see what other paths we're supposed to take except going together forward but they want to enshrine the constitution forever that we're different um, you know I would have thought actually the the constitutional thing's um, in, interesting because when, you know wouldn't you think they should put a time limit on that and say well let's just put it for 20 years um, that they recognise the constitution because in 20 years' time we hope that we're all Australians and everyone's assimilated that well that sure. Aboriginal people feel that they're they're realist. We've all moved together now and we're over it. Yeah. But putting it in there forever is to me saying, well, let's just make sure we're different and we acknowledge we're different forever. And I, I, I mean, I don't know. That sounds pretty un-Australian. Oh well, look, I, I think what you're saying. Um, resonates with everybody, Robbie. Um, I think that, that that makes so much more sense than what has been going on. Really appreciate your time this morning, mate, as usual. Thank you so much for being with us, and we'll catch up again shortly. Keep up the good work, Dolly. Good on you. Robbie Carter, this is Rural Queensland Today, Monday morning, the 11th of September. Welcome back to Rural Queensland Today. Well, if you're a sports supporter here in Queensland, you would be very happy. For the Brisbane Lions, they're through to a prelim, and for the Brisbane Broncos, they are as well. Let's unpack that um, and look so much to like uh, about what is going on. Um, firstly, the Brisbane Broncos, 26-0 against the Melbourne Storm on Friday night. They now go to a prelim, and they'll either play the Warriors or Newcastle for an opportunity to make their way through to the grand final. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? A huge, huge turnaround, and they have been unbelievable in 2023. Kevin Walters has been a leader, but what about Adam Reynolds? Friday night, he was outstanding. He led from the front from the very beginning, and he showed why they put all their faith in the crafty little halfback to become 
one of the club's best. Adam Reynolds has led from the front, on and off the field. The likes of Patrick Carrigan and Tom Flegler and Payne Haas and Kobe Hetherington, he gave everybody a lot to like. And it's funny you should say that. You talk about Kurt Capel, Charleville. You talk about Kobe Hetherington, Baralabar. You talk about Tom Flegler, Tully. Talk about Patrick Carrigan, Gundawindi born, family's all Gundawindi. Billy Walters, well, he's Ipswich. That's where he was born. They're working class. So you look at the Broncos forward pack and you think, okay, what, what are they about? What's their DNA? Well, you can tell their DNA, it's rural. Katoni Staggs is from Wellington in central New South Wales. Selwyn Cobbo from Sherberg. His dad from Idesvale. He was there on Friday night. And you want to talk about those kind of players. Well, that's the kind of DNA they're getting. Adam Reynolds is from Housing Commission in Redfern. So the Broncos, as much as everybody thinks that they're these flashy blokes, and look, I mean, they're young blokes. Of course they're flash. But the DNA is in them and it's working class and it's working and it's rural and they get it and they love it. They want to be there. And that's the thing that everybody should realise. They absolutely 100% work for each other. I, I can't speak enough about what they're doing. I can't speak enough of how well they're going. But what I do know is that they've got something special happening. That game will be played on the 23rd, the Saturday night, at 7.50pm. And they'll either be taking on the Warriors or Newcastle for a chance to make the grand final. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Brisbane are one win away from a grand final. Quite unbelievable. Uh, In other news, the Brisbane Lions, and there's AFL supporters out there that I know uh, would be absolutely cheering this morning because the Brisbane Lions are through as well. They had a big, big win over Port Adelaide and they now will come up against Melbourne or Carlton in a fortnight's time. The Lions have a huge supporter base and AFL across not only all of Queensland but also in the Northern Territory is a massive sport. And it's just supported by so many. And I just do want to say that well done to the Brisbane Lions who now have got a real opportunity to go through to a grand final. Another qualifying final. For them to win by 48 points and set up a home prelim against Melbourne is pretty special. And for me, I can't speak volumes of what they've done. A wonderful, wonderful situation and a juggernaut that... Chris Fagan um, has done amazingly well. I mean, Dane Zorko is a bricklayer's son. Lockie Neal is a farmer. Hugh McCluggage is from a dairy farm in Victoria. This is the DNA. Charlie Cameron, but we know one of the great Indigenous footballers. We know the DNA of these sides. And it's rural. It's rural. And it's regional. And So although they're based out of Brisbane... We need to give ourselves some credit. Uh, Look, if you're a Cowboys fan um, and you're pretty concerned about the photo with Val Holmes, um, Val Holmes is a wonderful human being, but 
Instagram, if ever there was a chance of Instagram or social media getting it wrong, um, he got it wrong. There is crisis talks being held at the moment for Valentine's Homes as he was photographed with a white bag in his mouth um, insinuating that it was of some substance. Um, he has denied using cocaine or any illicit substance and he said it was just a joke. The image appeared briefly on his social media account before being deleted. Um, the NRL was uh, made aware of this and now the Cowboys are asking for a please explain. I think we all know, and no one condones it, but, you know, illicit drugs are very common. I mean, the relaxing of the rules here, but for it to go on social media like that when you are seen as a superstar of the game is a bad look. I don't think Val Holmes deliberately did it. I don't even know. And as he has said, he will deny using cocaine or any illicit substance when he holds crisis talks with the Cowboys and NRL officials on Monday. So that's at 11 o'clock today. He's having a Zoom meeting and the photo is not great. The photo is not great and, in fact, it's a little damning. Either way, uh, we know that there's a lot to like about what the NRL are doing and that is not the reflection of everything that is going on at this moment. So, next week, the Roosters take on the Melbourne Storm, the Warriors take on Newcastle in New Zealand, both games will decide who will take on Penrith in the prelim and also the Brisbane Broncos. The Wallabies, well, they had a big win and they are in the Rugby World Cup heading in the right direction. It was a 35-15 to 15 win over Georgia at Stade de France and you know what? It was great. At least they won and especially after the All Blacks were beaten in the opening match against France. Rugby World Cups toss up a lot. The Wallabies flew out of the blocks, opening up a 21 points to three lead within the first half an hour. And they looked like they were dominant. Their leadership was good by Will Skelton. And look, Ben Donaldson at fullback with the kicking duties, it looked awesome. Um, They haven't been the most disciplined side in the world and they showed a bit more discipline, but it's a long road for World Cup, so let's not throw everything out, but they have done a very, very good job with creating a pathway for everything. So well done to them, and next week another assignment comes. That's your sports wrap on a Monday. This is Rural Queensland Today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. We're going to talk with Wayne York next, um, and also we'll give you some bullseye results very shortly as well. Welcome back to Rural Queensland today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. Caragara Simmentals, their sale is Friday, October 6th. And their stud principal, well, one of the stud principals, he'd like to think he's the boss, he's not, is Wayne York. And he joins me this morning on Rural Queensland today. Good morning, mate. Great to talk. Yeah, g'day, Dobbo. Good to, good to chat. Mate, firstly, mate, how's the season? Um, just out of Emerald, obviously, um, great start over the summer, but things have dried off a little. Yeah, mate, we, um, you know, we're not going to complain. We'd obviously love a, a storm or two early in the next be terrific to keep keep things a go. But uh, yeah, overall, we're just starting to dry out. But overall, we're not too bad. We still got some dry feed, so we're we're in a bit lot of bit better position than most, you know. 
Unbelievable. 70 bulls on offer on the 6th of October and the Simmental breed and the York family name is is synonymous. It, it, it's as well known as anything and you've been in this breed your whole life. You know it like the back of your hand. What would people say, yeah. mate, when they look into your bulls? Oh, mate, I'd, you know, you know, because, you know, obviously we started back, mum and dad started, you know, nearly 40 years ago, I suppose. So, you know, there's a lot of strength behind them and, and Simmies have had a, a very up and down, um, I suppose, you know, lift in the, in the beef industry and especially in the southeastern coast. And, you know, I think people have, you know, realised how, how much performance they can get out of them and how they survive. And, and you know, we're up here in the, around Emerald in central Queensland, so it just gives us a really good base to, to make our cattle survive and adapt to the northern and, and western areas, really. That's the biggest thing about it. I mean, your bulls are bred in the ticks. They're bred in the central and they're bred on buffalo grass and they go off and they can do the job. So people who say, oh, well, they, they melt in the central, well, they're born and bred there. And the thing about it is they absolutely prosper. You've seen it time and time again. How difficult was it? Because getting the mix right in this breed, it's a phenomenal breed. And I say that genuinely. And as an F1 cross, they are like butter. But how how difficult was it to get that formula right? If you're down, if you're down on the downs and you... You know, you're around, you know, on the Darling Downs, you can breed them all day and you can close your eyes and you know that they're going to adapt. But to get it right and to adjust and make sure that they would do the job for you in the central and up north, how hard was that? Oh, mate, it's, um, you know, it's it happened over a number of years of being really selective, I suppose. We, you know, we're paramount, paramount on making sure that our cattle are, are slick coated, I guess. Um, you know, we put so much emphasis on it, and, it, and it's very important for cattle to, um, you know, new genetics to to keep bringing in. But you know, trying to keep that slick coat and fine hair type, you know, because of the ticks and the heat, and also too much just just feet and legs. You know, we're we're not trying to breed elephants here. We're trying to breast breed cattle that grow quick. Not, you know, they're moderate in frame. They're not hard doing. They're, they pack on kilos quick, but they're easy. And it doesn't matter which way you want to go. They, you know, whether it's feedlots or or out in the grass, finishing job or, or a breeder, you can utilise them, you know. Yeah, and that's the thing. Um, it, it is really important that people do understand and know that, 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 that they can utilise. And whether or not you want store cattle or whether or not you want bullocks or feeder cattle, they've proven, haven't they? And in every facet with your breed, the Caragara Simmentals have proven it. And you've, you've gone in these feedlot trials You've grown them through, and you've sold them as weaners, and you know that they'll do the job. Yeah, Dobbo, it's um, yeah. There's, the Simmental breed in general is a, is a great breed for their adaptability in, in so many different um, markets. And you would have seen back in back in your agent days the the cattle that would have store cattle that would have come through range. Oh, beautiful cattle that went through feedlots. You know, like they really do click so well over over nearly every breed. And um, you know, we we've been lucky that you know we've had clients of ours use bulls and you know they win championships at beef and at the claremont beef expo and they're some of the biggest um commercial you know competitions in the country do you know what i mean when it comes to, to that sort of thing so you know some on the ground i guess commercially and that's that's what we're in it for is breeding top quality commercial bulls really yeah and and you're right 70 bulls go on offer um 12 p.m 12 p.m kickoff on the 6th of october 
Talk to me about yep. that, mate. Talk to me about what people, when they walk into that yard and see those 70 bulls, what are they going to say about them this time? Well, mate, I guess the the biggest thing for us, you know, we, we run about 400 cows up here, traditional Simmontel cows. So I guess when we start selecting, we get, we've get we got a, a lot of bulls to select from, you know. So I'd like to think when they walk in, you know, and the comments were the same last year that the consistency is what we strive for. Um, we could put a lot more bulls in our sale, but we really, really aim to make sure that, you know, whether you're picking lot one or you're picking lot 70, there's not really that much difference, you know. They're, you can buy good bulls in, in the 60s. You can buy real good bulls in the 50s you know, and in the teens. So it's it's that consistency and seeing that same type of bull that, you know, they're easy doing, they're fleshy, there's weight for age, there's bone, you know, the real ideal crossbred article and, and all, you know, clean-coated and good-footed, you know. So that's that that's what I'd like to think that people see when they come to Carragara. Yeah, and I think that... Um Looking at the on Facebook page, go to Caragara Simmentales. Um, they're there, a lot of the bulls there. And look on YouTube, you can have a look at some of the videos. Uh, mate, obviously, what it starts at 12 o'clock. It, it is a, a sensational line of bulls. I mean, everybody gets carried away at different times. But when you look at these, you go, oh, right, you can see it's there. You can see the breeding's there. You can see it's it's there. And how do people get in contact with you? If the, people want information, how, what's the best way at the moment? Uh, mate, they can either jump on Facebook and send us a message or, or just give me a call um, and then, yeah, we can have a chat or if you'd like to come for a prior inspection at Pankara here, like we're only 15 minutes from Emerald, you can nearly see the airport from where we live, so it's um, not very far out of the way if anyone wanted to come for a pre-inspection and, and see what we have on offer. Does it get any easier having these, on, these on-farm sales? I mean, you know, I know I say this with a deep respect, I mean, you could have taken an easier road, and, and instead you went all in. And I mean, this is—am I right in saying this is your third, your third sale? Like, I mean, it's been a long road for yourself and your wife to do this, and and it really is, and speaks volumes. Yeah, mate. So this is yeah. Well, this is actually be our fourth, fourth sale. Sorry, so fourth, fourth, fourth. You're you're right, Dobbo. Yeah. So this will be a fourth sale, and we'll gutsy um, move, mate. Yeah, get it. Yeah, mate. It's it's you know it's one of those things that uh, it doesn't really matter what breed you've got but if you've got good cattle I think people recognize it people are willing to support you if you're yeah. you know and um and we've just really striven strive to make sure that we you know if we have problems or if there's any issues we we sort the problems out because we want our bulls out there working and doing the job you know yeah well they are doing the job mate they are doing the job I appreciate your time uh what an awesome awesome lineup of bulls and I will say the people go to their Facebook page or give Wayne York a call um, and we'll put his mobile number up. And we'll put all that links up on our Facebook page as well. Best of luck, mate, for the 6th of October, 12 o'clock kickoff. We really appreciate your time. No worries, Dobbo. Thanks very much for yours, mate. Thank Good you. on you. Wayne York. We'll take a break, come back. This is Rural Queensland Today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. Welcome back to Rural Queensland Today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. I do want to start with that big fire. Um, and look, it was reported um, through the Toowoomba Chronicle, but around Cumbarilla State Forest, uh, emergency services are working on a massive 74-kilometre front um, that is expected to burn for at least a week. Now, this is revealed the blaze was set off by a lawnmower. Authorities have surrendered about 25,000 hectares to a large bushfire west of Cecil Plains as it burns heavily in wooded scrub in the Dunmore and Cumbarilla State Forest. 
I think fire is expected to continue for at least another week. It's too difficult, too dangerous. So rural fire services uh, manager Wayne uh, Wasasabul said that the fire crew spent all Sunday backburning and clearing a 73-kilometre containment line in open grazing land. 85% of it is contained. It was the northern end, big run on Friday night trying to contain it. So it's burning out some country that probably um, needs a, a good fire through it, and I shouldn't say that. I don't want it to take on anybody's country because we don't want that, but the conditions are getting away. Uh, lack of moisture, strong winds, two big factors, and the fuel load on the ground, as we all know, uh, and it sent hundreds of fire and emergency services there to fight it, 23 separate units. We spoke with Justin Chabot. So there was smoke coming everywhere, impacting Warra, Yandilla, and all around there in the Dolby area. Obviously, um, they're looking at it at Gainda. The air quality is not good, and in Kingaroy this morning... They're saying um, the air monitoring recorded a very poor rating. So in Kingaroy, now there's another fire north of Tara and it was started by sparks thrown from a lawnmower near Mary's Road. Now, local fire brigades acted fast and they protected properties on Bennett's Road. It ran hard and there was no loss of property but 110 hectares were burnt. So from a lawnmower... That's where it started. That's not in any way how anybody wants it to go. Let's talk some cattle sales, and obviously there's some results starting to come in over the course of the weekend, which, as usual, um, you know, we talked about Palgrove and their first ever, and, and we spoke with Ben Nola last week. Um, Palgrove's first annual bull sale was held at Chinchilla and was heralded a success. Now, this was last on Friday, and it was the beginning of a new era. Now, we all know they worked around the clock, and they had a phenomenal result with culminations of a national breed record for the ultraback bull, $80,000. Overall, and this is just an amazing average, 186 lots sold for 100% clearance, for a sale average of $17,102 for a gross of $3,181,000. In the breakdown, and I, this is just as usual, they are elite in their breed. 80 Charolais bulls sold to an average price of 16613 topping at 50 twice. 57 ultra black bulls sold to an average of 18412 reaching a top of 80000 11 Brangus bulls sold to an average of 23,864, topping at 57,000. In the yearling bulls, 16,000 sold for an average of 10,812, topping at 18,000. 12 ultra blacks at 16, reaching a top of 55. Sale topper was reached, it was called Palgrove Sugar Ray, lot 114. And it sold to Hewitt Cattle. Mudgee, New South Wales, surpassing the record of $70,000 set last year. So the 26-year-old son of Palgrove Payton and Palgrove Stard was right, and what a fantastic job. Well done to Ben Noller, well done to Palgrove, and um, just a phenomenal, phenomenal result.
the Bode family secured the Charolais uh, sale topper. Um, that that has been the way the Bode family have been very, very loyal supporters of Palgrove uh, for many, many years. So well done to everybody involved and to the team at Palgrove that worked so hard to make sure that this sale was right. Congratulations because <clears throat> that result uh, speaks volumes. Now, there has also been, um, there was a Red Angus bull and female sale in Toowoomba. There was a new Australian record of 25000 for a Red Angus female um, at the Power of Red Bull and Female Sale held in Toowoomba on Saturday. So it was a 2023 Royal Brisbane Show Supreme Interbreed Female and she was offered by Kiralee Johnson Asepi from GK Livestock in Dolby. It was bought by Lachlan Moore, Moorvale Red Angus, for $25,000. Sale, 37 bulls. Topped twice at $20,000 to average 8432 So that was um, a really good result for them. And that was also um, at the power of Red Bull and female sale held in Toowoomba over the weekend. You've got a lot of sales starting this week. Um, and there is a lot of markets uh, starting to, to ramp up. We know that uh, We know that the store job is very tough at the present moment, but there are some some really great results starting to come through from the bull sale, like that Palgrove sale that we're talking about and one that everybody is saying, well, you know what, there is some confidence there. Uh, so much more to get through this morning on rural Queensland today. Can I just quickly touch on one thing around the Premier? She arrived back in this state last night and... She will be subjected, and we were speaking to Robbie a little earlier about all the bedlam and, and what's going on. I, I, the Premier just needs to answer a few questions. That's in my opinion. She just needs to answer the questions and make sure that everybody's on the same page and that they're fully aware of where she is heading with this state because at the moment, no one knows. Very concerning situation for everybody. We'll take a break, come back. This is Rural Queensland Today. You're with Ben Dobbin. So much more to get through on Rural Queensland Today. Well, that's it from us here this morning at Rural Queensland Today on the Resonate Broadcast Network for Monday morning, the 11th of September. I hope you've enjoyed the show. I really hope you've enjoyed your weekend and have a great week this week. Ray Hadley will join you next and we'll be back tomorrow morning from 9am. Remember, when the weed is ripe, keep the headers rolling in the paddock. Till next time, from everyone here at Rural Queensland today, stay safe on the roads and it's bye for now.